it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Raw Review. This is your Raw Review for April 19th, 2021. We are a little less than four weeks away from WrestleMania Backlash. I still hate the title of that pay-per-view, but I digress. Uh, Raw was better this week compared to last week, um, which is a big shock because normally the Roth WrestleManias are the best ones of the year. And last week was not that at all. <laughs> uh, but this week was much better. Um, well, I shouldn't, shouldn't say much better. It was better. Um, didn't really seem to drag. And um, we got some... Interesting turn of events, but we'll get into that. So, without further ado, we'll get right into it. So, show kicks off. Drew McIntyre coming out, talking about how, you know, he's going to be coming after Bobby, but he has a certain issue with some former members of Retribution and with MVP. Uh, So... As he's talking about that, MVP makes his way out. Talking about how he had absolutely nothing to do with Mason T-Bar attacking Drew last week. And, you know, he's he's flabbergasted by the the uh, the mere thought that Drew would think that he would have something to do with it. But, of course, Drew not believing MVP at all. And personally, I don't believe him either. Decides to get out of the ring to come after MVP, who is on the ramp. And naturally, as soon as that happened, Mason T-Bar once again hit the ring, attacked Drew, leave him laying. And just walked by MVP like nothing happened and just walked to the back. Drew obviously furious after this, uh, storming the back area, finding Adam Pierce. And telling Adam Pierce, you better make the two-on-one match tonight. Pierce is like, we should find a tag partner. And Drew's like, no, I don't care. I want them both tonight. So, would set up a two-on-one handicap match a little later in the evening. Uh, but that's then. This is now. We go back to the ring. 
opening contest of the evening. It's a rematch of last week. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin looking for some revenge as they take on the Viking Raiders. But unfortunately, next, uh, it's a new week, but it's the same result. Viking Raiders once again are victorious after their comeback. And um, another unfortunate loss for Cedric in Shelton, which is painful. I loved what they were doing, but unfortunately, it looks like uh, it looks like the boys are in a little bit of trouble. So we'll see what happens to them next. But after that, well, it is what it is. So we move on from there, and uh, in the back, that are interviewing Randy Orton. And, of course, who comes by but everybody's favorite friend, and I say that dripping with sarcasm, Riddle on his scooter, basically just annoying the ever-loving shit out of Randy, which normally I would take great pleasure out of. Because if y'all pay attention to our Twitters or our podcasts, you know that I have two favorite wrestlers in this world. Number one is The Fiend. Number two is whoever is fighting Randy Orton. <laughs> so I found myself in a very interesting position tonight because I don't know what it is, but Riddle just seems to be one of those people you just want to punch in the face for some ungodly reason. So I actually tweeted out, Randy, please RKO him. I also said that with, uh, I cannot believe I said that. I feel so dirty. And I still do at this point in time. I still do. But the hilarious part of that will come a little later. So after that, Charlotte hits the ring. Basically has gone full heel. There is no face about her at all. All the whining and complaining which draws the ire of both Asuka and Rhea Ripley. So later on, which will end up being our main event for the evening, it will be Charlotte versus Asuka. And Charlotte invited Rhea to stay ringside to watch and pay attention to the opportunity, which I guess is what Charlotte is calling herself now. I mean, it works. So we'll go with it. Also, I gotta say, WWE has has had uh, a little bit of what's the word I want to use here? They're letting their little bit of swears come out. We heard "bitch" a few times, which is kind of rare. I mean, I know they've said it in the past. And like for shock factor. But tonight they just felt like it was just running loose. <laughs> Asuka calling Charlotte a bitch. And then Miss Bliss later on in her playhouse also using the word as well. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, I don't know if they're trying to be edgy for a reason. Um, but it was still kind of hilarious. Especially when Asuka called Charlotte that. Um, I almost, thank God I wasn't drinking anything because it would have went all over the place. 
Uh, up next, it was our match between Riddle and Randy Orton. And I jokingly put up, watch Riddle win this. And, uh, well, uh, shit. <laughs> Riddle actually won the match with the crucifix pin. Uh, Randy had it ready to go. He looked like he was getting ready to drop the RKO. And then Riddle goes up and throws the crucifix pin on him and gets his shoulders to stay down. Now, the funny part of it is, before this match got me and Randy was in the back uh, talking with Adam Pierce and saying <clears throat> that he wanted a match with some kid who was blonde, didn't wear any wrestling boots, couldn't remember his name. Well, Randy knows who he is now, and I'm sure this is only the beginning because Randy never lets anything die until he's had his, his fill with it. So... This could be interesting. If this is going to be Randy's next feud, then all right. I'll bite. I'll see what happens. After that, we shifted gears uh, to our women's division. Tag team action with uh, our WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on Lana and Naomi. About three quarters of the way into the match, Mandy and Dana decided to join us and have some video recaps of what happened last week with them. Uh, with uh, Mandy slapping Naya after them making fun of poor Mandy's fall at Mania. And then them attacking her in the back. And then Naya's unfortunate slip uh, at the on the ring apron uh, as of last week. This, of course, infuriated Naya, which caused her to leave the ring. Uh, to chase uh, Mandy and Dana out of uh, the ringside area, which, of course, allowed Naomi and Lana to take advantage of the situation, getting the pin over Shayna. Shayna's been eating pins left and right lately, and it's a, it's it's sad to see. <laughs> it really is. So the video segments were odd in the middle of a match. Just, I don't know. I, I it just it didn't really flow. This match was kind of awkward after that, and I don't know. They could have done a better job, in my opinion. But we move on after that. We have another special edition of Ms. TV with Maurice. And as much as I want to hate the Miz, I can't. Like you can tell. Him and Maurice are madly in love with one another. And it's it's a beautiful thing to see. It truly, truly is. And it's 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 funny because when Maurice is around, Miz immediately seems like he's elevated in status. I don't know what it is. It's just I, I just I can't really explain it, but Miz just seems to be a thousand times better when his wife is around. Maybe that's something they should look into because where was she when he was WWE champion again? I thought that would have been perfect to have her be there, but it isn't. But maybe that she's there to help build him back up, which is fine. I know, I know they're also doing things with Ms. and Mrs. 
which does air right after Raw, which is which is fine. That's great. You know, you know, product placement and whatnot. I get that business from a business standpoint. But she does such great things for him. She should keep he they should keep her around. I know they get kids and whatnot, but still. For for what Miz should be doing right now, it'd be nice if they kept Maurice around a little bit. But as they're talking, um, Damien Priest comes out. And as we all remember from last week, after the Miz was essentially derobed in the match, leaving him in his underwear. And with the help of Maurice getting the pin using the ropes and whatever was left of his pants, and <laughs> Maurice holding down Mrs. Let arm, uh, let arms, oh, holding down his legs and his feet. So Priest wanted some retribution, and Maurice pretty much gave it to him, saying, "Fine, you want to take on my husband? Fine, you can do that." Miz didn't seem too happy at first, but Maurice seemed to have uh, an ace up her sleeve. So. We'll see how that works out for him. Um, we then, of course, go back to the back. And uh, our match that's next is going to be Kofi Kingston versus Elias. But we have the New Day first chit-chatting on their way to the ring. And then once again are joined by Riddle. Now, I know Riddle seems to be in like eight segments every show. And I know that's annoying for a lot of people, but the stuff he's doing with the New Day is actually some of his most entertaining stuff that he's done. And I'm completely okay with it. And the fact that after all that was done, they were all getting excited, especially about Silver Dollar Pancakes and, and whatnot. And after Riddle literally scoots away, Kofi looks at Xavier and goes, did you want to say anything he just said? <laughs> it's just, it's those it's those comedic timings that New Day has that just makes this so great. And I don't know. I appreciate it. I know a lot of people don't like Riddle for all the stuff that's happened. And I get that. But just from an entertainer standpoint, when you put him with the right people, he really does shine inside the ring and out. So I know that probably doesn't excuse him for some people, but I don't know. That whole case is personally to me a little still a little fuzzy. So I don't want to I'm not going to say yay or nay on, on, on stuff that's happened with him. I'm just going to kind of. Put it to the side for now until actual hard evidence comes out. And I'll just judge him for the entertainer that he is. So that's where I'll I'll leave that at that. So we end up then going to the match itself, which uh, was kind of great. Because first, Elias was trying to do his guitar solos in the beginning. And last week we had the trombone. Uh, this week we had a much deeper sound. So Elias thinking there was something wrong again, but of course the light showed up toward shine up towards the um, the ramp, and Xavier Woods has brought his bass guitar that he's been working on at home 
for months now. And he's starting to play the New Day theme a little bit. And it's just, it was great to hear. He started also then starting to do Stone Cold's theme song while Kofi's stomping a mud hole at Elias and walking to dry. So that was a huge pop. Um, but crazy enough, Elias gets the win over Kofi with a big elbow drop from the top rope, which is crazy. Saying that Elias has beaten an 11-time tag champ and a former WWE champion. I did not expect this, but I'm happy that it happened because now it, it A, makes Elias look good for once, and B, now we can have ourselves an actual feud with New Day uh, when it comes to him uh, and Elias and, and, and Jackson Riker. So after that, we ended up having um, Alexis Playground where um, she started going over her history of her life a little bit, talking about how Lily has been with her since the beginning, uh, how she didn't show up at WrestleMania, which for those of you who've watched wrestling for a long time, know that this is kind of going in a different direction than what they've portrayed her as in the past. Um, obviously, I know with everything going on when it comes to Bray and whatnot, then, yeah, I get it. But I don't know. It just kind of seemed a little odd. Uh, she also stated that she seems to be now targeting the women's division of Raw, which kind of leads me to think that maybe Mania was the end of everything, and now they're just kind of going off on separate directions. And that worries me a little bit because there's unfinished business with The Fiend and with Miss Bliss. It's – I don't know what to think, to be honest with you. I was a little dumbfounded that they kind of, got, uh, kind of went that way. I figured that they would – that she would have her beginnings of her, I don't know, plans or attack on Bray, but now it seems like she's just going to focus on going after the Raw Women's title, which I guess if this is going to end up being the long game where maybe Bray costs her the title, I'd be okay with that. We'll see. I don't know. But... For now, I'm kind of just like, um, okay. And we didn't get any breaks on it at all, so I don't know. After that, uh, they started to do an interview with Mandy and Dana after what happened earlier in the night. Uh, they were then chased off by Naya, who then was confronted by Shanna, basically telling Naya to get her ass, you know, back in line and to, you know, Get with the program or else. And I'm like, Ooh, you tease that split. You do it. And then we get a wild angel Garza sighting. <laughs> Basically saying, why are you with Reginald? Which we haven't seen Reginald in a few weeks either. So it's, I don't know. It's, like I said, Raw was okay. Raw was good this week, but it wasn't great. And things like this was kind of why. We then shifted gears, went to our two-on-one handicap match. Uh, Drew McIntyre taking on Mace and T-Bar. 
this match was very physical on all on all sides. Um, Drew really slapping the boys around, and, and the guys even got them some shots in on Drew, and uh, the match ended up getting DQ'd because both Mace and T-Bar kept attacking Drew in the corner. This also then caused Braun Strowman to come out of nowhere and make the save. And uh, hold on a minute, player. Looks like we're going to have ourselves a tag team match after the video, after the break. And lo and behold, hey, look at that. We did. Um, but the physicality did not stop. Um, they literally just went to town on one another. And it got so bad that at the end of the match, um, both Mace and T-Bar were unmasked uh, by both Drew and Braun. And then Drew used the mask on Mace and caused the DQ because foreign illegal, you know, foreign weapon. So Mace and T-Bar get the win over Braun and Drew. And I'm just happy that they are free of those stupid masks. So... We still don't have any answers on what's going on when it comes to MVP. MVP was watching the match in the back, so you can kind of say that maybe he's involved, but you know, we'll see going forward. Maybe this will also be the last time we have them called Mason T-Bar. Maybe they'll actually get their names back, so we might have uh, Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic back. We'll see. If they show up in suits, then we know they're part of the Hurt Business. After that, we then had our match between Miz and Damian Priest. And Priest does end up getting his revenge, even though Maurice multiple times tried to get involved with this match. They even tried the same thing with the Miz having his feet on the ropes, Maurice holding on his feet, but Priest able to escape. Priest then hits reckoning, the Reckoning on Miz and gets the win. We then had Sheamus come out, kind of issue a non-title open challenge. It was answered by Umberto Carrillo, who I haven't seen on Raw television in any noticeable role in about six months to a year, maybe. <laughs> But there was no match because Sheamus literally just destroyed him on the outside of the ring. Like, it made Sheamus just look more like a monster, and I loved it. I love the bar fighting Sheamus. I know it's a stereotype. I get it. But it fits him so well. The, the hat, the, the uh, overalls, the whole shtick. It just works so well for him. So I hope that this lasts for a while, especially now with him being U.S. champ. Um, but yeah, Umberto got his face, chest, everything pretty much caved in by Sheamus tonight. <laughs> we then shifted gears for our main event. It was the women's match between Charlotte and Asuka. And it was a good match. Uh, Rhea was out there for the whole thing. Like, like, she said she said she would be. Um, Asuka does get the win, but it was not without a little bit of help from Rhea Ripley. Charlotte had the figure eight in on Asuka, 
and Bria grabbed Charlotte's hands and pulled her back, uh, which caused Charlotte to drop the hold. And then it allowed Asuka to get uh, the win. So after that, uh, Asuka was able to get out of the ring and her and and Rhea left. Charlotte blew a gasket, attacked the ref of the match. Um, Not once, not twice, not three times, but like four or five times. Other refs coming out to the ring trying to stop her. She didn't care. She just kept attacking. So, obviously, the fines are coming because that's how this works. And mm, I like this Charlotte. I missed this Charlotte. I missed a lot of the good heels. And they're starting to make them their, their way back. So, bravo, guys. Um, like I said... Good raw. I'd give it a give it a seventy-eight. So solid C plus. It's pretty good. So that's it for the show today, boys and girls. Thank you so much for listening. If you don't do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. You could find this podcast. Uh, actually, you can find. Bed Media on Facebook and on YouTube as Bed Media, and you can find us on Instagram as Bed Media Official. You can find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream. Uh, you can find the podcast on pretty much every podcast platform out there. If we're on, if you guys are listening to a podcast platform that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way, you can do all your one-stop podcast downloading, shopping, and one location, and hey, who doesn't love a little Bedlam in their day? Again, my name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of Bedlam Media. Thank you so much for listening. Most importantly, before I let you go, please do not forget to join the Bedlam. Have a good night, everybody. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.